How many of y'all are married in here this morning? Right? Congratulations. Uh, God, God gives us spouses because we suck at something, right? So he, he makes us complement one another in ways that, uh, that we can only do in, in the context of marriage. He made, what he did with man and woman making us complementary to one another is an incredible thing and, uh, and a gift. So um, I'm going to start with a little story. So um, back in 2000, um, back in 2004, I had to think because because uh, it was a year out from our anniversary. Uh, so back in 2004, um, I was dating my wife. Um, I had been praying and um, and decided that I wanted to marry her, and I was pumped about it. Right. So I. Um, I like planned out this this big day of, of how I was going to do that. I was gonna uh, I was gonna wake her up early and take her out to this place on the beach that I used to go sunrise surfing every week, and it was beautiful. It was at the end of Folly Beach Island and, and down in Charleston. Um, down at the end of the island, there's the, there's these rocks out there. And the sunrise out there is just incredible. And I had made it kind of a, a thing that I would go out there on a regular basis and just enjoy the sunrise and then go hit the surf. And um, so this uh, is something that I wanted to share with her and, uh, and make it a special moment. So that I had planned that as part of it. I was going to wake her up early. We were going to go out there. We were going to beat the sunrise. Um, my first experience of the sunrise out there, uh, when you're walking down this trail headed out there, you hear all the crickets and all the little animals and stuff rustling around in the in the brush next to the beach. And it's almost like obnoxiously loud <laughs> when you're going out there. And then you get out there, you're sitting on these rocks and all the waves are breaking and everything. And then as soon as the sun crests the the horizon, all of creation shuts up. And I remember multiple times out there, but the first time out there specifically, when that happened, it just rocked my world. Because it was, it was loud, there was all these little crickets and animals and stuff making noise, and the waves breaking against the shore, and then the sun came up, and it was like, everybody just shut up and pay attention. God's doing something for us. And, and it was just a special place for me, so I wanted to share that with my wife. So I planned out this whole day, uh, starting with that. And um, so it was, it was Halloween morning, um, and I, I woke up early. Uh, me and my wife did everything backwards, so that's a different story for a different day. But she, she had stayed the night at my house the night before. Woke up early, um, went to go wake her up, and my wife is not a morning person, <laughs> right? So, so I, I kind of ease her awake, uh, and, I, and I'm like, hey, come, come on, get dressed. We're going to go do something. And she's like, no, that sounds terrible. <laughs> you know, like, and she's like fighting me every step of the way. And I'm like, man, I just, I'm trying to do something awesome. Just, just trust me, get up and get dressed. And she's like kicking and screaming the whole way, right? So I get her dressed, I get her dressed, get her in the truck. And we, we were driving out there and she's still, she's like mad at me because I, I woke her up, right? And I'm like, I want to propose to her. She's mad. Um, so like I, I, I get her out there like to kill some time and help her kind of simmer down a little bit. We went to downtown Charleston first. So, so I went and walked down, uh, we went and walked down the battery, uh, looked at Rainbow Row, uh, just kind of 
hanging out a little bit just to let her simmer down a little bit. And, and I'm sure she at that point was like, what are you doing? This is kind of weird, right? Like you woke me up super early and now we're downtown and it's dark and you're like walking me up and down the battery. So I take her from there out to the, out to the island and, and uh, take her down to the end. And I, I ended up proposing to her there, but she, she fought me the whole way that morning. And my whole plan was that I was, I was going to love on her in this, this super special way that meant a lot. Right. Um, and she was fighting me in it <laughs> and I didn't know why she was fighting me in it. Um, so sometimes we do that with God, right? So God, God orchestrated this whole life to, to show us his love, to express his love to us in different ways and to help us understand more of who he is. He created us. So he knows the most inward parts of us. He understands how we were designed and what for. So, so he, he ordered our whole lives. He, he ordered everything about what we experience in this life. The law that, you know, written in the Old Testament that we look at as like these overbearing things that were like, oh, don't tell me what to do, right? Like, like we look at all of that stuff as burdensome and, and God understands how we were created and what for. So, so when he laid that stuff out for us, it's a gift, it's not a burden. It's not like a, hey, I need you to do these things, right? It's not, not so Bobby said in, in the message this morning, he's preaching the, a similar message. He, he said, there's a difference between a command and a demand, right? A, a command is, is multiple parts and, and it's, it's something that's a, a shared thing. A, a demand is a, uh, a do this, you know, authoritative, you have no option, do this. Um, God commanded those things. He co-manded those things, like co-heirs, like we're together in this. He designed us and he understands how we work, so he laid all that out for us. So I'm going to start this morning um, in Matthew. Um, I'm sorry, not Matthew, John. John 15. Um, so in John 15, let me pull up my notes here so I'm not all over the place. So John 15, starting in verse 9. And Bobby already had it marked because I stole his Bible. Uh, I'm going to read uh, the whole passage there, 9 through 16, and then we'll come back around to it. So starting in verse 9, it says, As the Father has loved me, I also have loved you. Remain in my love. So just, I mean, just right off the bat, as the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Remain in my love. How did the Father love the Son? You go back and look at Scripture, and you look at how you look at all the intention behind what God the Father did, setting up Christ to be able to to step into His glory. You you look at all of that throughout Scripture, and God was very intentional and very meticulous about laying all that out. Um, it it was it was love, it was self denial love, right? It, it was how how do I set you up and 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 pour into you. So, so going from that, I'm going to share a little story real quick. Um, 2008, fast forward from our wedding, right? So 2008, God had kind of wrecked me a little bit over the, over the course of, of the early years of our marriage. I told you we did everything backwards and, uh, and, and started everything in the opposite way that God designed it for us. Uh, well, 2008, we have two kids at this point. Uh, my daughter was one and a half. My son, or one, little over one. My son was three months old. Uh, it was my firstborn son. Um, 
I remember this morning specifically that God kind of opened my eyes to him. I, I took my, I was working nights at the time. I had eaten breakfast with the family and I was going to lay my son down for his nap afterwards. So I had my three month old son take him up to his, to his, uh, his nursery, sit down, I read him a little story, finish reading a story with him. I pray with him for a second. I pick him up and I kiss him on the face and I laid him down in his crib. And then I went back up to my room and, um, and I jumped into this study. God had spoken to me through, uh, the story of Samuel and Eli from the old Testament several times. Um, well, I, so I, I, the, the book that I was reading in pointed me back to that story again. For a third time that day, God had spoken to me through the same story. So I stopped what I was doing. I put, closed the book, and I said, Speak, Lord. And, uh, and I waited. I was tired. I just worked 12-hour shifts at, at a tire plant at night. So um, I, said, I waited, fell asleep. I heard somebody call my name, so I woke up, and I'm like, Speak, Lord, right? He's going to speak to me, <laughs> you know? Uh, Waited, waited, fell back asleep. God gave me this dream when I fell back asleep. And in my dream, I walk into this cave and there's a sarcophagus in the shape of a cross and Christ vividly straight off the cross inside that sarcophagus. And I, I went over and I, uh, I bent down and I kissed him on the face. And when I did, it was the exact same feeling that I had when I kissed my son and laid him down on his crib. And it just completely wrecked me. Uh, I went, it was God's way of speaking to me father to father, what it took for him to take his only son and put him up on a cross for generation after generation of people who'd spit in his face by the way they lived their lives. And I was that guy. Um, it shattered me from that point. I said, God, you've entrusted so much to me and I've lived my life for me up to this point. Teach me to reorder my days. Teach me how to lead so that I can lead my wife and my kids to follow you. Long story short, it took me on a long journey, taught me a lot of things about leadership, brought me here. Um, God's so intentional and speaks so directly to all of us. He, know, he knows you. He, he knew you before the foundation of the earth. He created you on purpose for a purpose. Your purpose was not to fulfill the things of the flesh. It wasn't to pour into yourself. It wasn't to satisfy all of your wants and desires in this life. But that's how we live our lives, isn't it? I mean, we, we take every opportunity that we can to pour into ourself and, and to try to satisfy things that we want rather than to, to satisfy things that God wants for us. I laugh because Reuben's hilarious. So, <laughs> so, so God pours into us in these crazy ways, and, and, and he, he loves us so intentionally, and we just, we just kind of meander through life trying to fulfill things for ourselves when he has so much more in store for us. He had so much intentional intentionality behind how he created us. He created us to be a reflection of him to the world around us. We go back to Genesis and we look at, we look at the design of, of humankind, right? Like he created male and female. He created them in his image. He, he created us to be image bearers to this world around us, to bring glory and honor to him in everything that we do. That's what we're for. We were created by him and for him, it says in Ephesians, right? We were created by him and for him, all power and authority put, in, put underneath his feet, he gives us that authority and calls us out to go and make disciples, right? 
So, so God had a very intentional plan for us. He created us to be image bearers of him, to carry his love out into the world around us. He poured in so that we can pour out. What you fill your bucket with is what pours out. So whatever you feed in this life grows, right? Whatever you pour into your bucket of your life, when you overflow is what's going to come out to the world around you. So our, our, first, our first point today is love comes from God. God designed all of this. He designed you and I on purpose for a purpose. He laid that out in scripture for us. And then he modeled it for us and his love for his son. He, he modeled that and what he, what he poured into to, to Christ coming and, and, and doing the ministry that he did here. And, and then Jesus modeled what he saw the father doing. He lived that out every step through his life. And then when he gets to the garden and he's praying for future believers everywhere, what did he pray? He prayed, Father, may they be one as you and I are one. Father, as you are in me and I am in you, may they be one. That, that's what this life's about, right? This life is about us pouring into one another the love that God's poured into us so that the world around us will see him and know who he is. So I'm going to finish reading the scripture. I, I bailed on it just a second ago. So uh, it says, as the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. This is my command. Love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down his life for his friends. You're my friends if you do what I command you. I don't call you servants anymore because a servant doesn't know what his master's doing. I call you friends because I have made known to you everything I heard from my father. You did not choose me, but I chose you and I appointed you to go and produce fruit and that your fruit should remain so that whatever you ask the father in my name, he'll give you. So when I read through that passage of scripture and he's talking, he's talking about the love that comes from the father and him living that out. And he never did anything the father didn't do. And now he's pouring into us the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit doesn't do anything that he doesn't see Christ doing. Right. So he, he speaks into us the things that belong to Christ. So as we go out in our lives, how do we even know that? Right. We don't know that naturally. We don't we don't just wake up and know all the commands in, in the scripture. We have to own it. We have to own our love for him. We, we have to obey God in the way that we live in this life. He says, if, if, you, if you love me, you will keep my commands. Um, he's not, say, like I said a minute ago, that's not demand, right? That's command. He's, he's saying, I understand who you are because I created you. I understand what you're capable of, and I understand what you were created for. So here's these commands on how to do that. And when we walk that out, we see the fruit of the Spirit develop coming from us, right? So that's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Those things come out when we live according to His law, when, when, we, when we live out our love for Him. Those are... Those are not a checkbox of things that we're supposed to do, 
right? It's, it's, not, a, it's not a checklist, okay, I was patient, <laughs> I, was, I was kind. Um, am I envying right now? Am I being envious? Okay, I'm not being envious, check. That's not what that is. That, what this is, is it's a reflection of God. It's a reflection of our love to Him. So when we, when we understand who we are and we understand who He is, we understand who we are in Him, and then, and then we purpose ourselves to walk that out in this life, that's a reflection of our love to Him. If I never spent any time with my wife, and I tried to plan something out for her, <laughs> how effective would that be? If, if I never spent any time getting to know who she is and how she's wired and, and, I, and I tried to purpose myself to do something that would show her my love, how effective do you think I would be at doing that? Not very, right? <laughs> it's the same with our relationship with God. Bobby used an illustration in his message this morning. I'm going to trip over this thing and die in a minute. Um, so <laughs> Bobby used an illustration this morning. He was talking about um, it, it was a it was a random uh, uh, statistic, right? Like it wasn't like a legit statistic, but it was a conservative one. So, if we were to say that America that Americans spent three hours a day watching television, would would that be unrealistic? No, right? Like probably more than that. But that's a conservative estimate. What if believers spent three hours of day in God's word? What do you think that that would do? What do you think that would do in our relationship between us and the Father? If we just took the time to spend an hour a day in the scripture, what do you think that would do to our daily walk? What do you think that would do to how we reflect love back to him? These things that we find in the scripture, these commands that God gives us, we'd have a little bit better understanding of those things. We'd have a little bit better understanding of who we are and what for. And then as we go to walk through this life and we, and we purpose ourselves to those things, it would change everything about how we did this life. Last year, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap this up. Last year, uh, I'm sorry, two years ago, Bobby asked me to put together a discipleship program for the gathering. And the beginning stage of that was, uh, I, I was, I was supposed to kind of routinize what that looks like, right? Like a, a step-by-step kind of walkthrough of, of what the conversation looks like for discipleship. And he paired me up with this guy from the convention, and he brings me this suitcase full of discipleship books, right? So it's like, there's probably 40 discipleship books in this suitcase. And, and I'm like, all right, I'm just going to dive in, right? So I pull out these books and I, I start reading to him. And every time I get to the end of these, one of these books, I go, God, is this it? And every single time he went, no, that's not it. And I got to the end of like the 15th book, right? Like I'm diving in going, God, like I'm, I'm pouring myself in. I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to, you know, I'm, trying, I'm striving hard. And I get to the end of that 15th book and I go, God, is this it? And he goes, no. And I go, ah, <laughs> right? Like, I have, I have poured all of myself into this for the last, like, two months. God, it's not for a lack of trying. What are you trying to do? What, what, what is this? And he goes, well, John, what's a disciple? 
And I went, well, a disciple is a follower of Christ. And he goes, right? So are you following me or are you reading books? And I went, okay. <laughs> so, so what does that look like? It, 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 lead me. Show me where I'm going. So he started kind of revealing some of the, some of the path for that. And, and I just started following. Well, the very beginning of that discipleship group, we asked the question, who am I? And um, just defining who we are, who God says we are, not who we are in our, in our mindset, right? When we asked that question initially, we got a lot of answers like, I'm a Marine Corps sniper, or I'm a, I'm a pastor, or I'm a father, right? Like we, those are the kind of answers that we got on that. Um, and then we went from that to scripture. And we went, okay, so read through Ephesians. Read through Ephesians on your own. Tell me, tell me who God says you are when you're reading through the scripture. And you get like, I'm adopted, I'm chosen. Um, I'm seated with him in heavenly places with all power and authority of the unseen world underneath my feet. Like you, you get answers like that coming back at you. So, so we come, that was the first week. We come back in the second week and we ask, what's your top five values? What, what do you value in this life? Not, uh, not God, family, friends, work, but but what do you actually value in this life? What are the things that you value? Top five things. Write those things down and bring them back in. So we did that. And it, and it kind of wrecked me a little bit. Because I went home and I went, what is my day ordered to be? Like, what am I about? What, do, what does my life say I value? Like, if you, take, if you take a snapshot of your life, not your highlight reel, but a typical day in your life, and you compare that to your top five values... Are they even the same thing? Does, does your life say what you value? Because your life speaks louder than your mouth does about what you actually value, right? So I started looking at those things, and I went, God, what, what about me? Like, what, what is that? Switch off to the standard mic so I'm not popping every two seconds if I can find it. I'm going to go to this one for... Arm three times because I've set four alarms, right? So, so, so the very first thing that I do in my day is to say, I'm tired, I don't feel like waking up yet, right? What does that satisfy? The needs of the flesh, right? So, so I go, all right, very first thing in the order of my day is to satisfy me. So I got to fix that. So the next morning I wake up, I'm like, got this one alarm, right? <laughs> I got this. So, so I set my one alarm, I wake up, I turn the alarm off, I get up, I go in, and I make a pot of coffee. Start reordering my days again. I go, so what is the second task of my day to satisfy? Making coffee because I'm not awake yet, because I want to be awake. <laughs> but it, but it's, it's still satisfying me. So I go, all right, so what's next from there, right? So I, go, I, I get up, I... I turn my alarm, alarm clock off. Instead of making my coffee, I go and fix my little spot on the couch, and I sit down with my Bible to do my devotions, right? Even that was ordered to satisfy me, <laughs> to make me this little comfortable spot in my living room. And I was like, golly, what is this? So that night I went, God, show me what it would look like if I purposed myself to follow you. 
So that next morning, my alarm clock went off, and I slapped my alarm clock, and I said, Speak, Lord. Your servant's listening. And he said, and he said Second King's beautiful top right corner. And I went, what? That doesn't even make any sense to me. What are you talking about? Say, that had definitely had to come from me, right? But I was like, well, there's Second Kings. That's scripture. Let me, let me see what that was, right? So I opened up my phone. I, I use the Bible app on my phone a lot. So I open up my phone. I go to the Bible app. I pull up Second King, or I pull up the Bible anyways, and I go to Second Kings on my phone, and I go, Second uh, Kings, there's 25 chapters in Second in Kings. What did he say? Second Kings, beautiful top right corner. All right, top right corner is five on my Bible app, right? So I click on that. Naaman's disease healed. So this is the story of when Naaman goes to the prophet to be healed of a skin disease. He goes into the prophet. The prophet says, hey, go dunk yourself in the river seven times and you'll be healed from your skin disease. And he goes, no, I don't want to do that. I got a, I got a river back home and my river's cleaner and nicer than yours. I, that's, that's crazy, right? So his servant goes, if he had asked you to do something hard, you would have done it. Go dunk yourself in the river. This is about obedience. It's not, a, it's not about the river. And he's like, okay, fine. So he goes and he dunks himself in the river. And it says in, the, in that passage, it says that his skin became beautiful like that of a newborn. So 2 Kings, top right, beautiful. So I knew at that point my day is about obedience, right? Like this, this, isn't a, this isn't about anything other than that, right? God's asking me to walk in obedience. And it fit. Because I'm trying to follow him so that we can create disciples, right? And he just step by step starts writing the story of, of what our discipleship program looks like. I say that to say um, in our outline for love, love comes from God first. Love obeys God. We, we follow him. We obey him. Love shows as he pours into us, he pours out his love into us. We fill to overflowing and we pour out to the world around us. We purpose ourselves to follow him and we, we make steps in that direction in obedience. We go, God, I don't, I don't understand this. I don't understand second, I don't understand second Kings top right beautiful. I don't understand what that means, but God, I'm going to take a step of faith and obedience to following you, whatever that looks like, even if it makes me feel like a crazy person in my own eyes. I'm going to take a step of obedience and follow you, and you just show up, and he does every time. He shows up time and time again. You take a step and you go, God, I just want to follow you. My, my heart is after you. It's a step of love and obedience to him. It's not, it's not a checklist. It's not a... I want to wake up and go read my Bible in the morning because it's what a good Christian does, right? It's, it's not I need to spend 30 minutes in prayer every day because I'm checking my prayer box. It's not I need to be in service on Sunday morning and on Wednesday night because it's what a good Christian does, right? God wants a relationship with us. He wants to walk through this life with us. He wants to have personal, intimate conversation with us that only he and I understand. 
God pours into his people because he loves us. He understands how to speak to us because he designed us. So as we walk that out, all we're going to experience is God's love poured out to us. And what the world around us will see in that is him, not us. Because when we purpose ourselves to follow him, he calls us out of our comfort zone into things that require faith. He calls us to walk by faith and not by sight. And as we do that, he comes through time and time again. So I just want to challenge you guys as we go out from here. Love one another. Look, look around at the church. Look around at our community. Look around at what's going on in society right now. Are we loving each other well? No. It requires relationship to love someone. Go and find somebody to pour into. Allow God to pour into you and walk in obedience to what he calls you to. That's easier said than done. It requires a lot of us. God said, count the cost. Die to yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. That's what this life's about. I'm going to pray us out. God, I just want to thank you so much for who you are. God, thank you that you come through. God, that, that you're bigger than any circumstance that stands in front of us. God, thank you that, that you speak, that you're a personal God. The word says you speak now one way, now another. The problem is most of the time we're not perceiving you. Most of the time we don't have an ear tuned to hear you. So God, help us. Help us to, to seek your face as we go through this life, as we, we seek to honor you with our lives. God, help us to die to ourself. Help us, help us to pour the love that you've poured into us so graciously, Lord. Help us to pour that out to the world around us. Help us to love well. Help us to love you well. God, you order our days, and we'll walk in obedience to that. God, thank you for all that you do. Thank you for this, thank you for this place. Thank you for this church, for the, this community of believers that's come together, purposing themselves to worship and honor you with their lives. And God, as we, as we try to do that, as we go out into the world around us, just create those, oppor those opportunities that you set out before us to walk into. Lord, help us to see those things and not shy away. We love you. In your name I pray. Amen.